Hello, you're listening to the Creative Coding Podcast. Your ever-professional hosts, Ian Lobb and Seb Lee Delisle. Hey, so today we're going to do a sort of news episode because lots of new technology has shipped recently or has been announced. Been loads of stuff going on. I mean, I tend to not buy things when they come out. Like, I tend to wait a bit. Yeah. So I, none of this stuff. Like so I know some people who are real like gadget heads or whatever. They're just waiting for like the new iPhone to come out so that they can just buy it immediately. And I'm totally not like that. Like I usually get the S models of the iPhone, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Yeah, exactly. I managed to skip normally three generations actually. What? Things like that. Yeah. That must feel like an upgrade. Yeah, absolutely. You notice it more for sure. There's loads of new game hardware, isn't there, Ian? Do you want to do a rundown of that stuff? <laughs> okay, that's not the order my list is in. Let's start from... I'm doing the opposite from the list. Oh, okay. Let's start from Nintendo. So Nintendo have announced their new console. It's called the Nintendo Switch. It's coming out next year, so like uh, next spring. Don't say like. Did I say like? Yes. Don't say like, I've got it written on a bit of paper in front of me, really big. I problem was I wasn't looking at the paper. That's, that's just look at the I paper. Away. Amanda heard it as well. She sat next to me. She's like pointing at the bit of paper. Amanda, can you just poke him if he says like? She's up for that. She's so now you'll just be like, oh, ow, like, ow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. So it's coming out next year. What, anytime when? I think spring, so uh, much. And... It's a hybrid uh, home console and portable thing. Mm. So it's basically like an iPad that has a hookup to the TV. Yeah, so you sort of put it in a dock thing and it connects to in the... Docks in a docks, yeah. Yeah. And it's got, it's got uh, these two controllers. It's like two halves of a controller. Mm. I'm just getting poked for saying like... <laughs> it's got two halves of a controller that slot on to each yeah. side so that it turns the whole thing into something that's more like the Wii U gamepad. Yeah, so, um, so do the two halves of the controller, they go together in t- to become a, a standalone controller, right? It's very, com- it's very complicated. So yeah. that they can make a mini controller. Yeah. So you, slot, you can slot them onto the tablet or yeah. you can slot them together. And if you slot yeah. them together, they make a mini controller, but that's not the main controller you're supposed to use to play when you're playing on your tv oh really you're there's another controller. another there's like another pro controller which is like oh. more more like an xbox controller which is going to be more comfortable and i saw that when you connected like the the when you took it out and about as a little ipad thing you could yep. give two people the two halves of the controller and yeah that's really play cute each other. isn't it <laughs> but what you have to remember is that it's a 6.5 inch screen so <laughs> The screen is, or it might be a seven-inch screen, but the screen is basically the, the size of a iPhone 6 Plus. Really? Yeah, it's a really small screen. Okay. Well, the screen is the exact same size as the screen on the Wii U uh, gamepad. Right. So it's quite small. So you'd have to be quite close. The big question over this is going to be to do with battery life. That's what everyone's saying on all the blogs and stuff. They're going, well, is this actually going to be practical to use as like a handheld um, in the same way as the, something like the 3DS, because mm. is it just going to run out of batteries? Yeah, and of course the 3DS was smaller and more portable, and it was really good on battery life, wasn't it? Yeah, because it's a really low-powered machine, so it's not trying to run. Console quality it doesn't really mean anything, but, you know, uh, the 3DS is really low resolution. Absolutely. And the games are designed for that as well, aren't they? They are. I mean, but those the 3DS games to me, they do seem slightly dated now. They do seem a little bit 
they are from a different generation. It's interesting, isn't it? Because it's sort of one of these really in-betweeny products, right? You think the Switch is? Yeah, so we're sort of, I think we're seeing that we're probably going to come to this later with some of the other technology, but it's sort of, it's this stage where, okay, so Nintendo are thinking, all right, we're losing a lot of gaming market to to tablets and phones. Yeah. So what's, so I guess the future of the console is slightly in question. I mean, Nintendo also have to compete with two other, with Microsoft and Sony, mm. who are making ever more increasingly powerful, which we'll get to in a minute, powerful consoles. Right. So they've got to compete with that. And then on their handhelds, they've also got to compete with mobile games. Mm. So they do have their work cut out, definitely. They're being attacked on all sides. So Okay, so oh, just then one more thing is that they're, we're recording this on Friday and so the 4th of November and that is the day their last Wii U's will ever be made. Mm. So today's the day they're closing the factory line on the Wii U. So oh. I think Wii U's are really, is a cool console. Like it had some amazing games, had a really short life. Mm. Um, it only came I, out it, about it never three even, years ago or something. It I think never prob- even hit my radar. <laughs> Not in the same way like the Wii did. I mean, the Wii just took over completely, didn't it's it? It's an absolute phenomenon, the Wii, mm. yeah. And the Wii U just seemed a bit of a kind of, you know, just didn't really land. I think that's the one where maybe it doesn't know what it is. Because mm. it's it, it it's like the Nintendo Switch, except that you can't take the gamepad out of the house. No, that, that was, yeah, an, I, that was, that like was an acceptable valid. like, wasn't <laughs> yeah, it? It was. <laughs> because it was. I said it's like I said one it's thing is like, like something thing. that's yeah. acceptable it's not a filler sorry to just fill you in listeners at that point when when Ian said like he got poked by Amanda <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be fun to edit interestingly Nintendo are also moving into doing their own mobile games so they've got obviously Pokemon Go which is actually made by another company called Niantic yeah but they obviously licensed it and then they're doing this game called Mario Run, which is, it's a runner, but with Mario in it. And mm. that's going to be on... Uh, oh, that was announced on the iPhone, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's going to be on Android as well. Which is um, kind of new for them. It is, yeah, because, I mean, you know, that potentially are they cannibalizing their own sales. Yeah, so then we've also got, coming out soon, so PSVR is out now, that's just launched. It's play, It's sony's virtual reality platform uses all existing technology so it uses the uh move controllers for the interface it uses the playstation camera for the tracking um it's a new vr headset and it uses the playstation 4 as the processor but no one's really talking about it that i've seen like Hmm. it doesn't seem to have made a massive splash so i don't know it's all about the vibe i think for me for vr yeah so to compete with each other mostly there's a new playstation coming out it's called the playstation ps4 pro it's coming out in november and that is basically a more powerful version of the ps4 which has 4k output although people are saying it's not actually powerful enough to do 4k games so there's going to be some sort of upscaling Hmm. going on there but you know you'll be able to watch 4k (laughs) netflix on it (laughs) and it also supports hdr which is a technology i don't really understand because i've never seen and i've never met anyone who has an hdr tv but if you have one i guess it has one of the problems with tvs is that they tend to not have a big range of blacks so once you get into the darker tones there's no detail there and i guess that's what hdr tvs are trying to fix it it always strikes me as it's the similar sort of thing from having an amplifier that goes up to 11 Right. <laughs> right? It's like, well, why don't you just make the bright the, the brightest 110 
And <laughs> <laughs> sure, but it but is no, there to do is, with there how is, many levels is, of things yeah, between, right. isn't it? Obviously, they just make 10 that much brighter, and then they've got lots more subdivisions in between <laughs> from zero to 10. I mean, is that how they work, though? Does the does the, the brightest one have to be way brighter? I honestly don't know, but my guess would be yes, really, to be justifiably an HDR TV, that it would have to be, you know, at least if not brighter than, than the brightest of TVs <laughs> that existed, right? Because <laughs> otherwise, sure. they'd be taking the mickey a bit. Yeah. So then next year we've got xbox project scorpio which is a more powerful version of the xbox one so playstation are doing a more powerful version of the ps4 that's out now basically but in all next year so a whole year from now is microsoft doing a more powerful version of the xbox one and Mm. it's going to be a lot more powerful actually so it's going to have six teraflops of processing which is quite a lot apparently yeah, and so it strikes me that both of these are a sort of slightly different from up- updates to consoles in the past, where it's been a new system with new. Absolutely, yeah. Normally, you get console generations. Yeah, right. And but you... this is like a, an update, so it's the same but faster. Yeah, and so games will have to all games that ship will have to have two modes. They'll have to have one mode which is designed for the original hardware and one which is designed for the newer hardware. Right. I mean, maybe this speaks to the fact that though that generation of consoles, the PS4 and the Xbox One, came out maybe a little bit too early, and they were maybe a little bit uh, underwhelming compared to what was possible on the PC at mm. the same time. So maybe these two new consoles will will sort of redress that. Okay, great. And that's Christmas 2017. Yeah, so that's a whole year away. The Scorpio, yeah, it's ages away. That's a really early announcement. But, I mean, yeah, exactly. But they're saying that it's going to do like true 4K gaming. So mm. it all the games will render out at 4K, which is really, really hard to do. Even PCs struggle with that at the moment. So what's the What's the point in announcing it so early? I guess they just wanted people to know that they weren't being outdone. There were all these things leak, I guess, as well as another problem is that even though they probably probably PlayStation didn't want to announce their thing as early as they did, and the same with Xbox, but it all got leaked, so then they had to. But is the PS4 Pro November the tenth? Like that's next week. Yeah. Right, yeah. And Microsoft are like, yeah, well, actually, we're bringing out a really good one as well next December. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. like, well, so what? Yeah, but I guess because they want people to go, oh, I won't buy the PlayStation, I'll wait for that one. It's quite a long wait. I mean, they're asking a lot there, right? Hmm. Do you want to talk about the new iPhone? Yeah. You know, well, let's talk about all the new Apple stuff in one chunk, because I think there's a lot of sort of related stuff there. Yep. So, of course, the iPhone 7, you know, what can I say about it? I suppose everyone seems focused on the headphone jack. Mm. that's what you've got in this document iphone 7 (laughs) the one thing that you can say about the iphone 7 is that it's got no headphone jack and in fact no but you know the thing is you you take you take for granted that it's going to be a better iphone with a better camera and a faster processor and all of those things just trying to think what there is about it that's a real game changer there's nothing really is there except maybe the the double camera on the 7 plus um, but other than that, it's just a better iPhone 6, right? Am I missing right, it's something? it's a better iPhone. No, you're not missing anything. And so um, the, the thing that stands out is the fact that they removed the jack plug. Yeah. Well, you know, it's very brave of them. It is, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's been taking the piss out of them, right? Because of their courage. Now, it's really interesting because I, you know, I guess it's it's just one of those things where 
we probably shouldn't have headphone cables anymore, right? I mean, someone was saying that the the jack plug design is like 80 years old or something like it's very very old well yeah i mean initially the quarter inch jacks on the switchboards and they've been used in guitars and musical instruments ever since right yeah it's you know it's a good design for what it is but we shouldn't really have these stupid cables tangling ourselves up and the only reason that we (laughs) haven't all moved to bluetooth is that it's rubbish so and it's not necessarily rubbish in terms of the quality or the portability or even battery life it's rubbish in terms of the connectivity in terms of actually pairing right the pairing process with your devices yeah the pairing process is so awful i mm. detest it i've got some bluetooth headphones and i never ever use them just because yeah i've got so i've got a bluetooth selfie stick and i can never be bothered to use it because you have to pair it first and it takes it shouldn't take like two minutes to pair a bit of technology i'm part of the city car club in brighton so i can rent cars whenever i need them they're just on the street and every single time it's like five ten minutes for me to just pair my phone with the car over bluetooth (laughs) this shouldn't be this hard this is just so annoying so you know i'm quite pleased in a way that they've solved some of the problems of bluetooth pairing right oh they have yeah because it's got the the nfc reader right so you kind of just uh, tap the what are they called ear pods is that what they're called uh-huh. they're, yeah you sort of tap them on the screen so then it instantly pairs and i've i've heard that that works really well okay like a skylander so what's a skylander it's a video game where you put these toys on the portal of power <laughs> and uh they appear in the game yeah absolutely exactly the same but it uses that nfc Thing. Is that RFID? I'm not quite sure what the difference between RFID and NFC is, except maybe they just came up with a new acronym so that people didn't realise it was a really old technology. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Oh, there might be a bit more communication or something. Uh, RFID usually just transmits a unique identifier, so maybe there's a bit more. I think NFC you can store data. Well, you can do that with RFID as well, actually. But, um, oh, okay. Oh, we don't know the difference, I don't know. <laughs> so that's cool. You know, the batteries are probably a better and they've also got in their little case they've got a battery right so if your ear pods run out you can just put them in the case and it charges up for a bit but i guess there's always this worry that you might just not be able to use your earphones for a bit when you really need to right mm. i mean i think that will that will obviously go away with time as the batteries get better so i'm really torn you know because on one hand i think yeah these headphones really should work but on the other hand, I sort of understand why people might get annoyed that there's no headphone jack on their phone. <laughs> hmm. It's an interesting one because it it basically makes loads of technology redundant if you, you know. Which you it's ha- going to be anyway, right? It's going to happen. It's just, do you do you take the lead or do you follow everyone else, right? As we're recording this, Sam is wearing two pairs of wired headphones at the yeah, same time. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, so this is just to give you an idea <laughs> of, of what's going on. So do you just leave the status quo or do you push things ahead? Is there an issue with waterproofing where they it allows it to be waterproof? Possibly. Cuz if that if so then that's really good. Cuz I think the main things that I would like from an iPhone is completely waterproof. Well the new ones are, aren't they? Right, so maybe that's part of it. I I'm sure it's definitely easier if there's and no And the other thing is drop resistant as well so that you can like drop it on a concrete floor well that would be really good and it not smash bouncy iphone would be quite cool (laughs) you just drop it and it bounces back up again you catch it yeah that would be really good (laughs) 
<laughs> I just invented a new thing. I'm just going to apply for the patent right now. Um, but it's similar to the Apple Watch. Actually, no, it's the Apple Watch that's fully waterproof, isn't it? The iPhones are, are, are water, presumably water resistant, but I think they can go down to a meter or two, right? Um, but the Apple Watch is a fully waterproof and you know, there's only, there's just one cavity on the, uh, the Apple Watch, which is the speaker. Have you right. seen how it, how it clears the water out of no. the speaker? So it just plays like a high frequency sound and it clears, like after it comes out of the water, it just plays this sound and it blasts the water out of the speaker port. That's cool. Yeah, it's a splash and water resistant. So. Yeah, so that's that's pretty cool. And that sort of takes us to the new MacBook Pro as well, which, you know, it's got it's got lots of new capabilities. I suppose the touch bar will come to in a minute and and the new sort of the new design the new product you know industrial design the shape and the size and the weight and all of that stuff of course the sort of key identifying feature of that just like the iphone 7 is that now it's complete you know it's completely done away with magsafe it's just what do they call the new this thunderbolt 3 isn't it which is usb-c right all all the ports in the new macbooks are usb-c slash thunderbolt 3 not sure what the difference is i guess apple have added a little bit of extra something in there I, i don't know Right, um, but they're certainly USB C compatible, so power it, all the power goes in through these one of these on the Pro versions. There's four of them, so you can put your power in on any side, which is kind of cool. That is quite cool. And of course, they've chosen those ports because they're small, and it helps them to keep their laptops smaller, and they're very high bandwidth, so you can actually connect to 4k monitors out of two of those ports right although i think there's something like there's faster ones on one one side and slow ones on the other something like that so i think you need to if you want to do your two 4k monitors they need to be on the right ports right again this is a a case of apple relentlessly pushing forward and and progressing things what's the alternative I i you know to put one of everything on People complain when they took away FireWire. That's how like Windows laptops tend to be built. Is they're yeah. they're huge and they have every one of every port that you would ever want. They've got VGA out still. They've got <laughs> HDMI out. They've got right. Yeah, and, and that's very useful <sighs> if you don't want to have loads of dongles. Oh, the th- that's the thing I was going to say actually is that people have been sort of talking about the number of dongles now that yeah, you which need. you know, which to be honest, has always been an issue with any macbook right but what's what's the option either just have one of every port on there or or just try and figure out at least at I least don't know, my a- macbook pro is is fine it's got <laughs> it's got hdmi out it's got two usbs and it's got yeah. the magsafe power connector yeah and it's like that's all i've ever needed okay but what well, you got two thunderbolts i suppose um yeah i've never used them though and it's got an, it's got a jack socket as well so, so like, does the, does the new mac have a jack plug yeah it does yeah so <laughs> so of course this is one of those situations where apple are damned if they do and damned if they don't because you know everyone was worrying oh if they've taken away the jack from the phone maybe they're going to take it out of the computer as well and right. and everyone was like well that would just be terrible if they take the jack socket out of the computer so they announced the computers and lo and behold the mac still has a jack socket for headphones and now everyone's like well because with the um the new iphones they come with wired headphones with the the lightning connector so that you can plug in the headphones that come with the iPhone will plug into the sort of charging dock connector that's on an iPhone. Yeah. And now everyone's up in arms because you can't use those headphones with the new MacBook. 
<laughs> it's, it's sort of like, well, yeah, they well, can't what win. You, they can't what win. Do you want? Uh, so it's, it is really interesting because I do totally understand why not having USB or standard USB, not having standard, I don't know, HDMI or whatever could be annoying on the new MacBooks. There's obviously, and I, and I understand why, you know, some people are annoyed that there's an upper limit of 16 gigs of RAM on those MacBooks as well. People wanted more. That sounds like a lot, but that probably isn't a lot anymore, is it? I think it's probably enough. <laughs> um, I mean, it, I suppose it's just not really a progression. Like my MacBook Pro from whenever it was, maybe three, four years ago, that's got 16, right? So we're not we're not really moving forward in, in those terms. I think the interesting thing is, is that there's obviously been, obviously been compromises made. And if the compromises don't suit what you want, then you're going to be annoyed, right? Yeah. So you, if you want, you can get a PC laptop with 32 gigs and all the ports, but it's not going to be three pounds and it's not going to be whatever it is, 16 millimeters deep or whatever it's not going to have the best battery life so those are the things that apple have prioritized because they want their computers to get smaller and lighter and thinner and have better battery whereas everyone else wants their computers to have more ram and more connectors and more uh, i don't know um i think the other really interesting thing is is with the touch bar right so oh yeah of course so they've done away with function keys r.i.p function keys so obviously all the (laughs) Emacs and Vim users are up in arms because they've got no escape key anymore. <laughs> oh, so, there's no escape key now. No, so the whole the whole top bar has been replaced right. with this touch bar. But you've got to have escape though. Yeah, so whenever you're in something that needs an escape key, then it's a touch screen, right? Does it's it default little... to does the touch screen default to showing the function key? No, it doesn't, but if you're in terminal or in something that would require those keys, then you can have them it would display them. So if you're in terminal it, it shows escape. It does. Yeah. But it's Even, a, a, what about pre existing things that aren't designed to work with it? I honestly don't know the specifics of it, but I would... I'm sure it must default to leaving, to yeah. just putting up fake function keys, right? It must do. I mean, it would be kind of ridiculous otherwise. Because otherwise they would literally break everything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a really but interesting concept. People were mocking it a lot when it launched because they had some emojis on it. Yeah. And people, oh, it's the emoji keyboard. But I saw a clip where someone had their video editing timeline on it. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. I do a lot of video editing. I do a lot of audio editing. Having that that visual indication and visual touch interactive section, I think, could work really well. I don't know, but I think it could work really well. It's one of those really strange things, though. It sort of feels a bit, to me, a bit like the the Wii Switch, the Nintendo Switch, sorry, not Wii, because it's one of these sort of slightly in-between things. So Apple obviously have always been very clear they didn't think a laptop should have a touch screen. Yeah. And and I think think that's probably right. You know, maybe with the Microsoft Surface laptops where the screen can sort of bend round and become like an iPad, essentially. That's, yeah. That makes more sense to me. But having like a standard laptop with a monitor that's vertical, I kind of believe Apple a little bit if they say that that's not a good touch way they've to probably touch. tried it. Yeah. And also I kind of feel like the operating system, I think we've got this weird thing with Windows where it's an operating system that's designed for touch and for mouse. And I don't know if that's necessarily... Uh, the the good thing because it can't really be optimized for either <laughs> you know no. i think that 
the operating systems on a laptop or a desktop are very optimized for pointers and mouse and i think operating systems like os mm. iOS. i think people got very confused a few years ago yeah. and went way too far towards the touchscreen direction and yeah. uh, whereas apple were totally right to keep everything separate i think so this so. is the touch operating system and this is the mouse driven one yeah you know you've seen in nasty point of sale or point of information kiosks and stuff when you touch the screen and the mouse pointer goes there it's like it's just <laughs> it feels really nasty doesn't it so i guess this is kind of i think the touch bar is an interesting experiment into bringing touch to a mouse driven operating system mm. but yes. you know sort of thinking about the engineering the hardware engineering and the software engineering that must have gone into building that apparently it runs a version of like the watch os the the keyboard does the touch bar yeah right so you know you sort of think about that the amount of work that must have gone into that it's like a whole separate computer embedded in your computer basically absolutely yeah so that's i don't know i think it's really really interesting anyway it's just i find it fascinating laptops are kind of well who are they for now you know that's interesting isn't it it's sort of like an alternative to to touch devices ipads i mean people do their work on their laptops really that's the big difference isn't it yeah but i think a lot of people if you look at the sort of sales of tablets and phones i mean the majority of people on the internet are on mobile devices now and i think for a lot of people that's all they need is the internet right um so it's only if you're doing if you're doing work on a computer that you need yeah exactly but that's still a third of people's time yeah Sure, why not? I'll I'll go with that 30%, why not? (laughs) Yeah, I think it's interesting. I I think we're in a sort of slightly in-between phase and I think that's why we're seeing touch bars. I mean, isn't technology always in an in-between phase though? Yes, I think so. Things are constantly in flux and never quite stable. I don't think Windows 10 is at all the end product of what a modern Windows should be. It's like they've made some improvements. I think there's been periods of stability, hasn't there? And if you think about computer usage in from the sort of mid nineties to the mid noughties, you know, what was it? It was Office and no, but you know, you had, Windows was kind of a standard and everyone was. Yeah, but you doing... had C D ROMs come and go, you had D V D ROMs <laughs> come and go, you had the internet appear, you had computers sold without modems. <laughs> you had you had dial-up internet. You had all these things that, in retrospect, are really stupid in between technologies. Yeah, but all through throughout that whole period, the nature of what a computer, a desktop computer, or even a laptop computer was, did not really change in a, any kind of major way, right? Uh, I mean, you could argue that. I don't know. I think that computers be becoming things that access the internet from just being things where you did some work and printed it out was a massive change. But yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah, but, but in terms of the actual hardware themselves, itself, I think that you know what people did with it changed. But well, so should we talk about the Windows? Yeah, one, then? I was just looking at that. I mean, obviously, everyone's very excited about the Surface Studio, right? So, Surface Studio, it's a, it looks like a drawing board. Basically, <laughs> it's a really big tablet or pen, pen and touch screen. It re- it really reminds me of the early. Uh, well, the iMacs, or not the early iMacs, but you know the the iMacs with because of that stand, it's got that hinge. The ones that look like an angle poised lamp. Those, iMacs. yeah, that's right. So they've got these this this hinge, and essentially the computer is all in the base, isn't it? 
Yeah. Uh, because the, the monitor is so thin, but it allows you obviously to move the monitor into any position, including a sort of slightly angled drawing surface. Yep. And it comes with pens and attachments and stuff. Yeah, I think that's pretty nice design. I think it would be really good for illustrators. And Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's just exactly the sort of people I think anyone who's doing creative visual stuff. Yeah, you're going to want to draw on a surface. I mean, uh, but that technology has been around for a while, hasn't it? The Cintiq, the Wacom but, Cintiq. But no one's is... got it quite right. For example, with this, the problem with the Cintiq is that you've got your your main screen and then you've got your keyboard and then you've got your Cintiq. And when you want to type on your keyboard you have to lean over the Cintiq screen and it's a bit awkward it's great it's great that microsoft are building hardware and obviously hopefully they're optimizing it for their software Uh, you know it remains to be seen but i hope so the big problem i think with windows and i i think they are taking steps to get rid of this is things like the registry and things like that like that still exists yeah it does and so there's ways where you when you install (laughs) software on windows that it can just permanently ruin your computer basically because it can leave junk and that that's what they need to that's what microsoft really need to to crack is mm. have everything sandboxed and I, I mean maybe windows 10 does this now i remember reading something about it but need to fact check this but that I, is a I huge heard it problem. was better than it used to be in terms of installing stuff and it's interesting i'm, I'm definitely seeing quite a few of my peers moving to windows it seems to be a trend. Like I've gone the other way recently because I've been like Windows my entire life and just for the last, say, two years, I've been using my Mac as my main computer. Oh. And that's just because my Mac, the hardware that I own, my Mac is better than my PC. Like my PC <laughs> has a better graphics card, but in every other way, my Mac is much better. So it's, it's much better to work on. Mm. But in terms of like gaming and stuff, it's like no one plays games on a Mac, really. Like all no. your audience is on Windows. Yeah, um, so I, I kind of feel like with the Mac... I mean, that's very interesting. There was a notable absence of iMacs or Mac Pros, right? I suppose these computers are becoming quite powerful when you can actually have two 4K monitors on a laptop and doing video editing. Why do you still need a a Mac Pro or, well, maybe a Mac Pro, but why do you still need an iMac when it's going to be similar spec? And so I think, you know, Apple is trying to figure out who these those computers are for and i think windows is sort of microsoft are in the same sort of position like who are these computers for i look at the surface studio and think yeah that's pretty cool <laughs> i want to draw on that <laughs> and actually i'm thinking for things like my installations having a almost horizontal surface with a really well-designed touch interface would be really cool for running something like pixel pyros or yeah you know that'd be really nice obviously a bit bulky to carry around maybe a bit fragile <laughs> whatever we'll worry about that later um <laughs> And actually, I'm drawn towards Windows and PCs because of the graphics capabilities that you're saying about the performance of games. And it's, yeah, I sort of need that graphics performance as well. I think that's yeah. been a bit neglected on Macs. Macs have these Iris chips, which are like really good for what they do, which is like Photoshop, After Effects, that sort of thing. What are the Iris Video chips? I thought that, is that the graphics cards? That's the graphics chip. Well, it's not a card, it's a chip i thought they had nvidia's and stuff i think mine's got an nvidia in i think some of them have nvidia's and some of them have iris but like the iris ones are fine confusing but they it's not the same it's not the same as having like a state-of-the-art uh g-force or something right interesting times though i'm definitely i think i might have to buy a pc (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, for, for for VR dev, for example, you know, you, yeah. if you want to do VR stuff, you have to have a PC. It's not. Yeah, and that's, on that, that's so. one of the reasons I'd want to get one. Yeah, absolutely. I might invest in a Vive setup. I haven't really got a reason for that. <laughs> so another bit of news we've had recently, we've had there was Unite in LA this week. And some news came out of that about so Unity. So that's the Unity 3D yeah. conference. Yeah. So some news came out of that about Unity. One is that Unity is now free for academic institutions, which is a really good idea. And it ends a really silly situation that you had until now where basically students could get Unity for free, but like their universities weren't allowed to install it on university computers without um, paying for a license. So it's like even though everyone is accessing this product with a free version, you can't learn it at, at, at university or college unless your uni has bought the licenses which right. i mean it makes sense you know you if someone's using your product you want them to pay but in the long term it's going to serve unity a lot better to have people learn that technology at university and not unreal because like i know anecdotally that you know more than one different course which was put off using unity just because it didn't fit in their budget to get the licenses for it so so that sounds positive it's good quite a big deal yeah and another big announcement that came out of unite was uh, a hardware accelerated vi- video which is something that you would have thought would already be in unity but it really isn't so hmm. if you want to like play back really nice 4k video inside your unity projects whether that's in vr or or for anything else you can do that now so yeah that's cool good yeah and then another bit of news we've had recently which is a bit of sad news we've had uh vine has been discontinued by twitter so twitter laid off a bunch of people and closed vine sad i never used vine really did you vine, it's, it, there seemed um, like some cool creative things happening there in case people don't know what it is it was a video sharing platform that let you share just seven second clips it's sort of like the video version of twitter you could just say a really short thing and people used it in incredibly creative ways there's some brilliant stuff and there was lots of um 3d graphics artists doing interesting little experiments on there as well right did you right. see any of those things like no, i, I saw know. sofas that had weird jelly like physics on them <laughs> and stuff like that really interesting little demos i feel like vine got eaten up by bigger things mm. by bigger more established things so Twitter started being able to do video. Instagram basically copied Vine, right? Yeah. By putting their video in, you know, and obviously Snapchat, I suppose, is is inspired by Vine in some way as well. Nothing was really doing video at the time. And then Vine came along and it was a cool thing and everyone loved it. And then instantly all the big players copied it. Oh, and also Twitter bought them. <laughs> but I mean, video embedded into social media is ubiquitous now, isn't it? So yeah. Facebook has video, like every, all the platforms have video. So it's not a unique selling point anymore. So all they really had was their community, essentially, which is the crazy thing because it was a huge community and the top Vine people had millions of followers. So whether any of those followers actually ever logged into Vine to look at the Vines <laughs> anymore is a different question. But it it sort of feels like they were similar to Twitter and Instagram. But because Twitter and Instagram were earlier, they managed to get big and Vine were later. So they just kind of got assimilated. What was that other Twitter? Oh, that was for streaming video. Is that Periscope? Periscope. Yeah, that's what I was yeah, thinking of. Yeah, there. we've never talked about Periscope, actually. That's quite uh, interesting technology. Very strange. Streaming is a bit of a strange world, isn't it? Like there's something very... There's something voyeuristic about it in a way, isn't there? 
right? Yeah. Where you just click a stream and say, okay, this is a live stream of someone just sat there. Walking down the road. Yeah. (laughs) It can be a bit odd. Are we done now? Should we wrap up? Yeah, I think that's the news. Should we just mention our patrons? Oh, yes. Should give our patrons a shout. So obviously this podcast exists only because of your generosity. So if you want to support us, then please go to patreon.com slash creative coding. And I'd just like to give our $5 supporters a shout out this month. So thank you so much to Heather Cochran, Chris Garrity, Shane Brown, Casey Farina, Jeff Stargazy Sheen, Rob Shearing, Michael Hazani, Sam HS, Bradley N. Manderscheid, Lorenzo Pirandini, James Med, Chris Spurgeon, Bristol JS, and Dan Hett. Dan Hett, sorry, garbled Dan's name. In fact, Dan specifically requested a freelancer episode, which we're hoping to put together soon. No yeah. promises. We will. <laughs> we will do it soon. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll yes. See we'll see you, you next time on the Creative Coding Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, cc underscore pod. You can find us online at ccpod.co. I'm Seb underscore L-Y on Twitter. I'm at I-A-I-N-L-O-B-B on Twitter. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time. Bye. In the bag. Okay.